0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hooligan Report, back after a short break while we had international football, Uh, and I'm joined today by Bojan Can't Kick. Hi guys. And joining us for the first time this season, we've got Jats. Evening, gents. We've had your Leicester counterpart on enough times, we should get you on as well to get your point of view. Um, Have you found your start to the season?
1: Oh, it's been pretty good, hasn't
0: it? (laughs) It's pretty unreal, isn't it?
1: Unexpected, but uh, really good. I think, um, yeah, early days when we uh, appointed Ranieri quite late into the pre-season, there was quite a lot of uh, journalists and the like all writing us off. So, um, yeah, I always thought we'd do better than what they were saying we did, or would do, but um, wasn't expecting it to be anywhere near this good.
0: Um, obviously, there will be some sort of drop-off at some point, potentially. Um, where do you see yourself finishing? Uh, It's a good question, to be honest. Yeah, I imagine there'll definitely be a
1: drop-off. We've got a really tough uh, December coming up with games against City, Liverpool, Everton and the like. Um, We're we're on 25 points at the moment, so uh, Mr Ranieri keeps keeps harping on about getting to 40 points first, but um, I'd ideally like to kind of finish up around the 50-point mark from here. So uh, it's only another 25 points from, what, 20-odd games. Uh, A bit more, it's probably 25 games, so... Uh, yeah, hopefully, easily mid table, but uh, somewhere north of 50 points would be a good finishing point from here.
0: Yeah, so 50 points that'd be around what ninth or tenth. Or I'm just trying to think how it normally finishes up. Would it be tenth or so, 11th? Yeah, I think roughly around there. Okay. Yeah, wouldn't be wouldn't be too bad to finish after. Um, it was a pretty tough season last year, so um, I guess you've got to take step by step the progress um, and not try and jump too too far too fast. I guess.
1: Yeah, that's right. And uh yeah, for most of last season it was it was pretty dire, but um I guess it's easy to look back on the season now with happy thoughts because the end of it was quite good, so um it's good to see we carried on the form from the end of last season even with the the change of manager, but uh yeah, hopefully we can, can um keep it up a little bit. We've we've got a game against Chelsea coming up soon and they're not in the best of form as well, so um yeah, good to capitalise while we can.
0: Dare I say it, you might be favourites in that one. Um, it's quite interesting, though, because for large chunks of last season, I remember you saying it, um, and it was certainly true, was that while you were losing a lot of games, it wasn't that you were performing poorly. It wasn't as if you were on a QPR sort of run where you weren't scoring and you are getting belted or anything like that. You were losing a lot of games 2-1 or, or something like that where you seemed to be in the game. So it's amazing that just you know a small percentage of improvement can actually have quite a significant result.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there were certain things last season that were like things like own goals where we'd kind of clear it into our own player. And it was, it was just that little bit of luck and I guess that little bit of execution of vital moments that were letting us down at that time. But when you can kind of tighten the screws on those kind of uh, lapses in error, I guess, uh, it can make the world a difference in football. It's such a low-scoring game, obviously, as a sport. So these uh, little, little time slots where you're not concentrating can make um, a complete difference to the, the whole game and, I guess, the season
0: if you have enough of them. And just think if you start keeping a few more clean sheets, you might even do a bit better than you're doing. Um, we'll, we'll talk about your game against Watford first up, where um, they did manage to score. Um, but the main story obviously, Jamie Vardy just continuing his scoring run. And um, I mean, he's a, we'll talk about this week's games a bit later, and he's a bit in doubt for this week, I think. But uh, how have you seen his run of, of scoring so far? He's been phenomenal, hasn't he? he um, should shout out to uh, Mr. Myers
1: as well for, for letting him take the penalty. I think he uh, lined up to take it himself, and then uh, the crowd got on his back. <laughs> a bit. Yeah, uh, rightfully so. Um, yeah, he's been he's been really good. It was funny we um we kind of bought him from Fleetwood for a million when we were in the Championship, and we were I remember kind of the thoughts around him at the time was that it was a lot of money for someone that had never played in the Football League. Um, and in the Championship he. He was pretty much the same as what he plays now. His finishing was a bit better uh, in the championship than to say what it was last season. But uh, obviously, he found the step up a little bit difficult to begin with. But you're seeing, I guess, the uh, the hard work and all his efforts paying off this season, where he's kind of um, not not lucky maybe, but he's, he's just a little bit more composed when he gets in on goal. He's um. Yeah, uh, his work rate is second to none. It's like having an extra defender up at the top of the pitch, and it's, it's helping the rest of the squad as well. So uh, it's been really good to see. Didn't expect it, of course, but, um, I mean, he's he's number one in for all of England players now for most consecutive games with a goal. So uh, it's a special run of form.
0: Do you see it continuing this weekend?
1: Oh, it's a good question. I've To be honest, the longer this has gone on, every game I've thought no. Um <laughs> Newcastle's a really hard one. We'll touch on it a bit later, but yeah. Um, yeah, they're a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde kind of side. So I would like to think so,
2: um, but we'll see.
0: Um, Bojan, did you have any thoughts on this game?
2: Leicester against Newcastle. Uh, Watford. The, the oh, the 2 from yeah, last yeah. week. Yeah. Um, I thought Watford were good value for their for their win. Really, and it was a good game. Idaloy hit the, hit the post um, early, and I thought I thought I thought early. And if it's been a pattern. I know we've mentioned it before, and Fry talked about it a fair bit. But um, poor first halves from Leicester. I think they're one of the worst teams in the in terms of scoring in the first half in the lead. But I think they're the best team in the second half, and that was really the that pattern continued in in, in the game where Watford had the upper hand early, but in the second half it was one way traffic.
0: And, I mean, we've touched on before the stat, I think Watford have probably conceded the least goals in first halves. So um, it's sort of, I guess those stats sort of um, married up a little bit in that sense. Um, so it was no surprise that it was nil-nil at half time. But, I mean, Watford have certainly um, gone about their business quite well. Um, and a 2-1 and a loss to Leicester isn't anything to be ashamed of, really, with the way Leicester are playing at the moment.
2: Not at all. Not at all, Um uh... Well, I mean, I've spoken at, at length about Watford. Uh, I've been very impressed with them. And I think they will definitely avoid going down this season. And they've got the ability to strengthen, in a way, to solidify themselves in the league going forward. As long as their owners don't go crazy, which they are a little bit prone to. <laughs> um, and like... Seth Flores in January or something because he's not top of the table. They do um, enjoy
0: going through managers almost as much as um, Leeds do, and I think it's the Italian in them.
2: Yeah, I think so. Well, it's kind of the Italian, Italian way. Yeah. Um, to yeah, as soon as as soon as results aren't going poor, you just sack the manager, bring someone in. Now the Italians because of course have, there's no other have...
0: reason that your results could be poor. It must be the manager.
2: <laughs> Just the manager, and uh, they also have a habit of bringing back old managers. It's quite bizarre. If you look at Serie A. they trying to sap someone, bring someone else. You oh, know, he's no good. The other guy wasn't too bad. They will bring him <laughs> back. Was it, abs- <laughs> um,
0: it? Was what is it? Yeah, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. It's you know, looking back. Oh, he wasn't so bad. We'll bring him back in.
2: Exactly, exactly. So, but I think they'll they'll str- struggle this week. But um, <laughs> yeah, they they didn't shame themselves last week.
0: Well, we'll talk about your mob now. And um, you had a, I think for the first time in a month or so, you've scored more than a goal in a match, and you've taken West Brom down two nil. Uh, Jesse Lingard getting his first senior goal for United. and It was a pretty decent goal in the end. So, an all-round not not a bad performance from United.
2: No, it was it was good. Uh, West Brom set up very defensively. Uh, well, I guess I've mentioned it last time we were on too that. But... He thought Pulis would try and shut the game down and come to Old Trafford with a draw in mind, and that's how the game kind of po- played out early. But a bit of class from Lindard for that goal into the far corner, just it's always very enjoyable when a local lad um, comes through the youth ranks and, and stores. So he's making his way. He's got a lot of potential. Hopefully he he continues with that. He's played a lot of his youth career up front, so hopefully he continues to, to score goals. And then Marshall showed his, his pace towards the end. I thought it was, a, it was pretty harsh from the ref to send a guy off. I would find it, you know, It's n- the 92nd minute of the game or 93rd minute and you're sending your die straight red and he's not going to play the next week. Or he might even have got a three a, a match ban for being last man and one matter totally slotted away the... Penalties, so on paper it was probably a little bit more, I guess when, when you hear of a 2-0 of a result, you probably think it was fairly chanceable. We were we, we had the game under control at 1-0, but you're always concerned with that store line. So it was good to come away with the three points.
0: Uh, Jats, did you catch any of this game or have any thoughts on it? Uh, I've seen the highlights of
1: it. I didn't get to watch it live yeah. um, just when it was on, but... Yeah, Brian's yeah, covered most of it. I think um, brewing goal by Lingard. Um, again, it goes back to kind of those moments, I guess, where there's uh, flushes of quality in otherwise um, quite dire games, especially with clubs like, um, well, Pure's clubs. They like to go in there and sit back and kind of defend with 10 players. So, it And
0: often... United at the moment. Yeah, well, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, probably two teams that didn't match up that well, actually. <laughs> yeah, so the bit of quality was probably the big difference. And then, uh, yeah, the late penalty made it seem a little bit uh,
0: easier than probably what
1: it was.
0: Um, there were a number of low-scoring games that weekend, and, and one that uh, followed a similar result to the League Cup only a few weeks beforehand, so perhaps not too surprising, was Stoke getting up over Chelsea. Um, obviously, Chelsea got a late goal in the League Cup, but still went out. But um, Stoke managed to hold on in this encounter, and it's it's becoming a bit of a routine for Chelsea now. It's not even surprising to see them dropping these sorts of games. Um They've got Norwich this week, which we'll talk about later, and that's probably a bit easier. But um, Stoke, probably good value for that win. Uh, start with Jats.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, it, it's a bit hard to tell, to be honest, because I know Stoke have troubled Chelsea quite a bit over the years. So whether it's... I mean, they're not in a good run of form anyway, so I didn't know. But whether it's, um, I guess, that continued run of form... Again, I didn't see the whole game, but I've heard that uh, Chelsea did look a lot better than what they have done at parts this season. So... Um, yeah, depending on how they come out against Norwich will probably indicate whether they've been able to turn a page, I guess. it's Obviously, this slump has lasted much longer than we all thought it would. Um, but Stoke have given them trouble in the past. So, uh, yeah, interesting result, but probably not all that unexpected.
0: yeah.
2: This is the first loss Chelsea have had this season when I think they've generally been a bit unlucky. They had a lot of chances, and they spurned a lot of chances. Uh, Pedro hit the post after a beautiful cut-in from the right wing on his left foot. Jack Butland uh, produced quite a few good saves, and uh, it has it's been a bit of a talking point, but the Lowick Remy, should he have gone down, should he have stayed on his feet?
0: Yeah, that's um, an interesting one, actually.
2: penalty um, claim, should they have given... The, I know the match of the day guys were saying, well, the ref should give a penalty to kind of promote staying on your feet. For yeah, us, yeah. everyone will dive at, at every opportunity there. I'm, I'm not sure sure um, one way or the other. It would have been great if he had stayed on his feet and stored that goal. What was noticeable is Diego Costa playing the way he is now is holding them back. They need to play Remy. They need to play the quick striker who will get in behind. Costa keeps coming towards the ball player, to play with the ball and the defence can just push up and compact, and they really struggle for creativity when Coss is on, on, on the pitch on his own up front. When Remy comes on, he brings in the option. The defence has forced, forced backwards, and it means yeah, Fabrias, Hazard, Pedro's of the world have a lot more space to work in. Hazard had his best game for the year. He was very good. Should have scored, um, but didn't. But if they can get him back to his best, they'll be okay.
0: Um, it is an interesting point about Remy, and I, and I guess you, I have to ask the question, if he'd received identical contact and gone down, the ref would have likely given the penalty. So I don't see why the fact that he's managed to hold his feet, but he's lost that goal-scoring opportunity, should really make any difference in the ref's decision. If the contact has basically um, uh, taken away his goal-scoring opportunity, then it should still be a penalty in my, in my view. Um, it's still essentially a foul.
2: If Remy hadn't thrown out his foot to try and, you know, when he was trying to struggling to get back to yeah, his feet, and yeah, then he, just he just threw his foot at, it, foot at it, yeah, I think if he hadn't done that, or if he had missed it, the referee would have given a penalty.
0: Yeah, okay, because that's sort of I guess that's his opportunity to score. I mean, it's an interesting one, and I, I do I do agree to some extent that perhaps they should have given it just to promote staying on your feet. But um, them's the brakes and they're not really going Chelsea's way at the moment. Um, no. and an interesting result was in some sense is interesting, was City drawing with Villa. Um, now, Villa had a new manager for the first time, so perhaps it was sort of that new manager effect taking place. But uh, what did we make of this one? Was it more dropped points by City or, or an improved performance by Villa? Uh, I'll start with Jats.
1: Uh I'd say it's a bit of both, to be honest. Um, obviously, we, we've seen this before where a new manager comes in and there's a bit of a rearguard action first up. But... Um, I think either way you look at it, I'd say it's struck points by City because they've kind of gone up against a team that struggled for the most part of the season uh, and have only been able to come away with a, a draw. Um, Villa didn't seem to... I don't think they even had a shot on target all game. So that was... I feel for the fans a little bit because I can't imagine it's good to watch, but, I mean, it's a point closer to safety. So whether they end up safe or not's another thing. But if that points the difference between staying up and going down... then. Um, they'll look at that quite fondly. I think City, um, they had quite a few chances. Some of them were uh, quite unlucky. So the one where uh, Guzan was hit in the face, that's yeah, not not great um, for City. But, yeah, um, one of those games, I think. Frustrating one for City supporters and players and uh, Pellegrini, of course. But th- these results will happen throughout the season at, at various points.
0: Um Bojan? Aston
2: Villa, when they had the ball, looked very good. Still should have lost 5 or 6-0. <laughs> City really threw away three points. I, to be fair, I mean, I'd mean, i say threw away a little bit flippantly. They hit the post in the bar probably two or three times each. De Bruyne at nil nil after, I think, about the 70th or 80th minute, cross comes in, beautiful pass from uh, Navas, and he's tried... You know when the ball's played slightly behind the striker and across, and they try and flick it, yep. almost like a back heel. He tried that, and there was his <laughs> the opponent was nowhere to be seen, and he hit it straight at the TV. He could have just taken a touch and buried it easily.
0: It's not the sort um, of thing you should be doing when it's nil-nil. Not, I, I wouldn't say so,
2: nil-nil. <laughs> now he, he has been, um the best season probably excuse him because of what he's brought to to the team. Over the course of the season, but you'd like him in that situation. Just a, a nice, simple finish would have been would have been sufficient. So definitely drop points. Fernandinho stood out to me in this game. He was really best on the ground by quite a distance. They needed Aguero back. He'll be he's back this weekend. Still no silver company out um in this game. And did you guys see the Rudy just did bit of gamesmanship at Joe Hart?
0: Uh, I think I missed yeah. that.
2: What was it? So one of the uh, city players was injured, right? So you know how the refs say, yeah. "Give the ball back." So the city person kicked t- it out, and Joe—he's about twenty meters away from from Joe Hart, and Justed's basically thrown it from the throw-in as hard as he could at Joe Hart <laughs> from the throw-in. And You can't, you can't score from a
0: throw-in, though, can you?
2: No, 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 Sorry, Joe Hart was down by the corner flat. Oh, right. Waiting to receive right, the right. pass back, right? Yeah. And he just launched it at him, and it's and it's hit, come off um, Joe Hart's thigh, and gone out for a corner. <laughs> and note that note that Michael Richards is um, as former Manchester City youth yeah. product and player, and current Aston Villa captain. Yeah, company and a few others were getting around him and getting around instead. Anyway, that they, they didn't seem to have a problem with it, <laughs> so yeah. the corner came in. And uh, Justead's run from the po- to the front post flipped it with the outside of his foot, and Hart was beaten over the bar by about two, three, in- three inches. It would have a been a masterstroke from Justad. Massive, massive blow-up yeah. uh, if he hadn't missed that off.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we'll move on and chat about probably the main game from the weekend, which was the uh, North London Derby, where uh, honours were split, but. Um, I don't know if you guys saw much of the match, but I I really thought Spurs were probably uh, the better side for most of the game. I think Arsenal came on strong at the end with a couple of substitutions, but I think for Spurs, taking off um, Lamella and also um, um, Ali was really Um, game-changing. How did Jad say it? Yeah, well, I'd agree with that, to be honest. I think um, it's been funny
1: watching it over the last couple of years. I think the difference between Spurs and Arsenal is closing a little bit. Maybe not um, in the sense of the the end-season table, but in these head-to-head games, I think Spurs are starting to definitely hold their own a lot more than what they used to. Um, yeah, Harry Kane, well-taken goal. Um, Saka wasn't great defending for it. was kind of dragged a little bit close to the sideline, which left all that room in behind. Um but credit to Kane, he, uh, he put it away nicely, which is something he hasn't done um, a lot of this season after a pretty successful season uh, last campaign. But, yeah, again, I think Spurs were on top for a, a large majority of it. Um, as you say, when the substitutions were made, then Arsenal started to, to hit back a little bit. But to be honest, with uh, on paper, you'd expect Arsenal to win, but these derbies, I mean, anything can happen. So um, I thought a draw, a draw was probably a fair result. Um even if Spurs shaded it a little bit
0: more. Yeah, <clears throat> and I, we'll talk about it a little bit later. The internationals in terms of um, Ali, but he's he's been very impressive this season for Spurs. And Lomela, would have he was playing just about the best I've seen of him. Um, I've watched a bit of Spurs this season, but not a whole heap. But he's he's certainly looking a lot better, <clears throat> a lot better than last season. Um, Bojan, yeah, what were your thoughts on this one?
2: Spurs really dominated the the play. Uh, if you, I mean, I've, I haven't seen any analysis on, on this, but I'd say they'd have had more possession and certainly more possession in dangerous areas. Harry Kane is back. Last time we we were on, we talked about the fact he hadn't scored against a, a decent defence yet. Um, certainly is back and still and still got into quite a few good um, positions. I'd be concerned if I was a Spurs fan of the fact that they let Giroud have two or three Pretty guilt edged opportunities, very easy yeah. opportunities, and typical typical Giroud finish. He won't finish at nil-nil. Um,
0: a Spurs, like, mate of mine was saying Giroud was their best defender because he was um, <laughs> making so many clearances for them.
2: <laughs> I, I think he's, what he's, he's, he's put one header wide and two headers over from around the yeah, yeah. six-yard box, and you're thinking you're looking at the scoreline and it's one 0 Spurs, and Spurs you you perceive from watching the game have dominated. But they Spurs still couldn't stop Arsenal getting those chances. So maybe that the Tong the Tongan um, out of out of Ireland defence isn't as good as people make it out to be. Hugo Loris all these people have been telling me that he's the best team in the league. <laughs> well, he certainly wasn't in that game, and he certainly wasn't for France either. So uh, yeah, how, how 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 he let that Kieran Gibbs goal shocking.
0: Yeah, it wasn't the best um, best save save we've seen from him. Um, Another relatively predictable result for the weekend was Palace getting up over Liverpool, and it's become a bit of a uh, routine performance in recent years by Liv- uh, by Palace that they take it up to Liverpool with a couple of draws and a couple of uh, wins now. Um, how have we seen Liverpool under Klopp? I mean, they, they looked better against Chelsea, but this was the sort of game really where if there was going to be some sort of market improvement from the Klopp effect this was the game to watch and see how they performed. And they kind of just performed as they always have.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I guess they're a little bit like the Chelsea and Stoke right? or not rivals, but the Palace have become a bit of a thorn in the Liverpool side of late. Um, I think it was, it's probably, I don't think it's as bad a result as um, some might have thought. I think it will just help keep Liverpool grounded a little bit. Um as you say, the Chelsea result was a really good one. But we've seen, even under Rodgers, um, Liverpool kind of perform well at City or um, at Arsenal or whatever. Um, I think, yeah, it's it's probably not a bad result for him just to keep them, um, yeah, I'll go back to the word grounded. But I think in the for the meantime, while he's got that squad that Rodgers assembled, we'll still get these results a little bit. Yeah. Um, so even with the change in tactics, he's still got, he doesn't have his squad there at the moment. So even if they're playing the way he's playing, um, I think you'll still see some of these results pop up. I just think they'll be probably less
0: often. How did you see it, Bayan? Well, I agree with Jats.
2: I hope Liverpool remain grounded all, all year, <laughs> and I mean, I think I think that is great for them. They just to, they just keep losing games would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, well, I thought, I thought they were. It was a very rodgers like performance actually. So it was interesting that um, you kind of. Brought, brought that up it will take some time for them to adapt to what Klopp wants to do but it it was eerily similar to the previous games with, between these two clubs and I, I know some people think that I overrate, um Balassi, but it was really galling watching Balassi, Zaha and um, Punchin run at the Liverpool defence it's not very good uh, they need they need they need Matt more than United needed Matt Sommers last year, and they need a big imposing centre half, particularly with Amadou Sako probably out for six to eight weeks yeah, and coming fun. back. <laughs> so they yeah they really struggled against that kind of triumph going forward that Palace have, and it was kind of ironic that uh, Scott Dan who's very, I'd say, very underrated. He's he always impresses me when I, when I watch him play. Uh, being a stouser who I think was in the Liverpool youth team and got released, scoring the winning goal.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, um, I don't think Liverpool fans will be too happy to see the um, see Palace rocking up uh, anytime soon with with these oh. sorts of results.
2: Um, did you see did you see Pardu with the don't speak to the yes I of saw that, hand, one. that, was great. Was great.
0: that was yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll move on then and we'll chat about the international games that have happened uh, whilst we've been off over the last fortnight uh, and and obviously the big news is that Ireland have qualified uh, I thought <laughs> it was, it was in, in a lot of ways to be honest it was very unexpected because Bosnia was Probably the, one of the highest-seeded teams in those playoffs, um, so to be drawn against them was a pretty big ask for uh, for Ireland. But they got the all-important away goal from your man Robbie Brady in amongst oh, man. <laughs> in, in amongst all the fog. I don't know if you guys saw that game, but it was it was literally it was unwatchable. Um, I just turned it off at half time because first half perfect. You know you could just watch it like normal normal game. Half time, this fog just descends on the field, and the screen was basically just white, and I must—I have to assume that the fog was in, in the air above the players, so the players could still kind of see what they were doing, but oh, it was just unwatchable as a, as a game, but uh, second leg, great result for them with John Walters backing a double of all players, <laughs> <laughs> It's the Stoke legend, um, against, against his former Stoke keeper in Begovic as well, um, yeah, it was a great result for them. How, how did you guys see the other internationals? I did actually catch the second half of the, the Fog game you were talking about. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to
1: say uh, I saw the highlights, but to be honest, I have no idea what I saw. <laughs> um, yeah, rough, rough game, I would imagine. I, yeah, I think you're probably right. It probably wasn't quite as bad playing it, but um, if it was half as bad as what it was on TV, I would no idea how they got through that. So, uh, yeah, great result for Ireland. Um, I don't subscribe to the fact that uh, more teams in the Euros is a bad thing. I think it's actually a good thing. Um, We saw a couple of teams that would have qualified anyway that that don't normally, which is good. Um, But a bit of variety is always good. And I think, especially in these larger tournaments, you see a lot more upsets than you would, um, I guess, over a qualification campaign. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was – it's great for Ireland Um, and obviously for the other countries that that kind of qualified as well. The only other international that I uh, caught caught some of the footage of was the Brazil-Argentina game with – Uh, David Luiz being sent off with two yellow cards in a minute. That was uh, fairly humorous. Uh, (laughs) Just a bit naive from him, but uh, yeah. (laughs) Ended 1-1. Good good to watch those kind of games as well. Um, We see a few of the South Americans in the European leagues, but uh, even with, like I watch quite a few of the um, other leagues in Europe, but I don't see a whole lot of South American football. So you see kind of the big stars, but then you see a lot of the players as well that you wouldn't normally um, I guess get to watch, so uh, it was something a bit different, but I'm um, glad the international breaks are
0: open, to be honest. Absolutely. Um, and I don't want to be a bit of too much of a downer, but we should bring up the um, horrible attacks in Paris, um, if only to, to mention the fact that the bombs went off so close to the stadium where uh, Spain were playing France, I believe. Was it Spain? No, it was Fr- Germany, Germany. Sorry, Germany. France and Germany. Um, uh, has there ever been something like that in football before that I, I can think of where there's been such a an attack, sort of sort of like a premeditated attack on a, on a football stadium in in recent years? Uh,
1: it... Not like that, I don't think. I mean, there's yeah, there, there have been various things that happen in football stadiums, but as far as I'm aware, not anything like that. I, I honestly couldn't believe they actually finished the game, to say the truth.
0: Yeah, I mean, because I, I me neither, because because it happened so early in the game, I, I was sort of trying to figure out why they'd played it to the end and um, I guess I saw the good explanation which was basically it was so that the masses didn't panic because if you abandon the game and you explain what's going on you're just going to have this stampede of panicked people um, but by letting it kind of play out to the end and then people were naturally starting to wander out when they presumably started to hear the news but at half time or something you would have thought people would have been looking on social media anyway and, and would have heard about what was going on so I don't know how, how it stayed relatively calm in there, but um it was it was it was very surreal scenes I suppose um at the end of that game. And and it was good to see that the England France friendly went ahead. Um so I might segue there into I think Boyan we can chat about um the England oh, setup, nice. I suppose. Um and, and go on to a bit more happy, happy um happy uh, themes on that one.
2: Deli Ali, I bloody hate you. <laughs> how how dare you in an international friendly Chop Junior Pele down from behind. He's ruined my weekend mate.
0: <laughs> and he's and he scored a crack at a time. <laughs> little
2: little baby Pele's out for a couple of weeks. So I gotta handle well Well we did. we got James Wilson. No Fellaini, thank Christ. Um but no <laughs> uh, Ali was good. Ali was good. Um, in the day. it was hard to get away. Drink get, water get, good get or just read. you know,
0: or just well, like Gerard, good, you know. I mean, there's a bit of a scale there. <laughs> you know, some
2: of these guys, they just some of this golden generation we just we just had. They they just never had the ability to take us <laughs> to the next level. But with guys, I reckon, you know, Shearer, he probably wouldn't wouldn't hit a game ahead of Vardy, and oh, probably Charlton probably push him out for drink water, I reckon. <laughs> the all time in the all time England team and and in and in, in this game when you when you you want to try players who' going to take you to the next level. Why would you choose Eric Dyer and you know jelly alley when you' got guys like drinkwater rolling around so on
0: really a, disappointing
2: from Roy. Right-
0: on a serious note, and i will bring in Jats here um with the England <laughs> set up team. Do you, do you think that there is like a, a, an overpresence of players from sides like Spurs and United, and and we saw it to a ridiculous extreme with um, Lingard getting a selection despite um, only playing <laughs> two or three games for United, and and you have to admit was a pretty ridiculous selection. But there are young guys at other sides running around who could have much more deservedly got a spot than Lingard, such as Ward-Prowse or or other guys like that, or Zaha as well. Um, so how do you see the setup at the moment, Jets?
1: Yeah, I think there is definitely parts to that. Um, I'm not sure that's,
0: that's
1: probably not all all correct. I think at the moment, with the injuries that uh, England have got at the moment, there are more plays being tried and tested than, I guess, ever before. Um, so that's where the likes of Vardy even get a look in. I mean, if Sturridge is fit, you start Sturridge with Kane. Um, or even if they're not both on the pitch at the one time, one of them's on the bench, so... Um, I think there is, yeah, probably the Lingard inclusion is baffling, to be honest. Um, I know he scored a good goal on the weekend, but he's played, what, a handful of games this season. The, the Deli Alley one, I completely understand. He's played kind of throughout the season and he's done really well. Um, but, yeah, that Lingard selection was uh, extracting
0: the urine. <laughs> um, but did you hear Van Hall talk about it? What did he say? He
2: just like... It's way too early. He's only played three <laughs> games. <laughs> Why because, would he play for England? <laughs> because in all seriousness, surely you would have
0: rathered he stay behind or, or would he have been involved with the under-21s or is he too old now? He's
2: too old for under-21s. Okay, so, so would we'll, you have
0: preferred he stay in England with the United setup?
2: Yeah, absol- absolutely. There's no... Well, unless the only reason, and I don't think this is a good enough reason, it would be the same reason that Sven took... Walcott on t- to that um, to that World Cup or European championship. It's kind of well, we'll get Lingard amongst the squad down to training. We perceive him to be a future England international and very good player and we want to give him a taste. But I don't think that's the best justification. But I guess that might have been the rationale. But it kinda of, it's it'd be strange if in England and this is what happened, uh, Hodgson spoke to Van Hal and it's not too often that the club manager says, well, this kid's not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and still gets selected.
0: <laughs> but to be honest, I mean, someone like Zaha, who would, I presume, play a similar role for England at least, should, because Lindard plays that wide, doesn't he?
2: Lindard is a very good two-way runner. So he's very disciplined defensively, but yes, they play similar attacking roles.
0: So I would have thought it would make more sense to take someone like Zaha, who yes already has, I think he's already got a cap for England, but get him in amongst the setup, and he's been playing quite well this season for Palace, uh, and he's the sort of player who might actually, you know, with a bit of encouragement, just take his game to that next level um, again and actually contribute to England in the near, in the near term, whereas Lingard seems a couple of years away. Or a year or so away.
2: I don't, I
1: don't yeah. mind
0: them doing, like bringing
1: those kind of players in for
0: the exposure, but I think if you're going to do that, they
1: probably shouldn't be part of the actual match day squad. So, again, like no issue with them coming in and um, I guess seeing how that up all works um, and learning from players like, uh, well, he learns from Rooney all the time, but picking up tips from like Harry Kane or Sturridge or Vardy, <laughs>
0: drink water. Uh,
1: I, I don't mind that so much, but I don't think they should necessarily be part of the match day squad if they're going to do that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we might move on to United then up against Watford and um, the news today that you've basically your three striker options in uh, Rooney, Martial and Fellaini are all out of the game. Um, could very well be another nil-nil on the cards, but hopefully it means we see Jimmy Wilson get a start.
2: Mate, no Rooney on the side. I'm expecting five or six. <laughs> I'd see some free-flowing ball movement. Uh, so it's looking like... Memphis will be brought back on, back yeah. into the starting 11, out from the cold, so, which is good. He can get an opportunity now, and it's really... Van Hals trying kind of said, look, mate, you've disappointed me. It's really up to you now. You've got to put your hand up and demand selection because you haven't done so today.
0: And it'll, so we'll, it'll be so, interesting to see how Depay goes because if he knows his spot is up for grabs and he has that pressure to perform rather than, I think, at the start of the season, he might have taken it a bit for granted.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I mean, they talked about second season syndrome and that kind of stuff. He's just come off a year where he's been the best player in the Dutch league and he scored goals in the World Cup, this kind of stuff. His confidence must be must be flying. And he didn't have a bad first couple of games. He just struggled for a couple of weeks and then got dropped and just probably didn't immediately show the right attitude. In and training to, to earn his spot back. And you do that with Van Hal, it's pretty risky. He kind of... feels say, well, you know, people think you're my golden child and my, my transfer. I'm going to make an example of you. So he really needs to earn earn his spot going forward after this opportunity this weekend.
0: And he, he was all right in the first few weeks. He just didn't have the skill to um, score that goal against Villa. So I guess he should yeah. probably just stick to poker. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what? Well, why jamble with the ball when you think it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, That's It'll be good. You'll see a couple of new players. So you'll see probably 70 minutes of James Wilson. But i says will say he's not fit for a full game. He's basically... I mean, United don't really release much to, to the media at all. It's all very kind of tight-lipped. But it basically turns out that Wilson's been injured for most of the season. He's got a horrendous right. injury, injury record just all through the youth scenes and that, but whenever he's played, he's been dominant. So he's I not... I guess that it goes matched. somewhere
0: to explaining why he hasn't played.
2: Yeah, that's right. And you're thinking, what, where the bloody hell is he? And, like, why isn't he on the bench?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, so so he'll play, they're saying, yeah, 60 to 70 minutes, and then uh, England under-20 striker Ashley Fletcher has been overlooked, which has caused a bit of uh, debate, and they're going straight to... Um, under eighteen striker Marcus Rashford, who will come onto the bench. This kid is an attacking midfielder who's been forced to play centre forward for um, the under eighteen for the last two seasons because we haven't basically haven't got any centre forwards in the youth in the youth setup for some reason. He's got a lot of steel and he can finish, so I, I hope he gets a taste of it. He's only just turned eighteen, and Sean Goss, who is basically. You'll you'll see him if he comes on. You'll think, "Hang on, is that Michael Carrick? Same <laughs> kind of player, moves the same way, passes the same way." Um, I think he's eighteen years old. We brought him from Exeter when he was fifteen, so he's in the match day squad as well. He was the kid that we took to the US in the preseason tour, so we might have got one too many young players. I'm <laughs> fearing this week, so it's going to take. There's going to be a lot of reliance on the football dot. Uh, Schweinsteiger to have a big game, get around these young kids. I'm not concerned defensively. We've got the best defensive record in the league, and we got Mike, so I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned that we've probably got the youngest forward line in the lead now. It's so, sounding a
0: lot like nil-nil to me.
2: <laughs> mate, just pump it up to Wilson. Watch the afterburners go on that. That's what it's going to be. I, I'll I, take one-nil. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Jats, do you have a score prediction?
1: Uh one nil sounds pretty good. It'll be a late matter penalty, I'll say. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Agali can keep up his good form, though. He's been uh, he's been good for Watford. Um, yeah, I would suspect one. It won't be high scoring. Yeah, is
2: doubt think... for the game? By the way.
0: Yeah, he's still. Is he still? Well, well, fantasy says that he's not a doubt, but I think he's probably still a doubt because of the um, challenge on him by the West. I think it was Noble. From memory, Oh, no. Collins. No, it was Collins, wasn't it? He who went away an international
2: Did he? Oh, okay. Yeah, and he picked up a knock and came back. I think he might only be arriving this morning, UK time. Back from Nigeria.
0: Right. Okay, so... Then, played international. I mean, he's he's been a name that a lot of um, people who play fantasy know quite well because he's so cheap and scoring a lot of goals, but he, he doesn't seem to have got as much recognition as I thought he might uh, in the more general media, um, and he's got a very, very good scoring record for Watford. I think it's it's something like 26 or 28 goals in, in over 20 games, so it's almost a goal a game over a, a very long stretch. Uh, so he's he's in very good form for Watford at the moment. How old is he? Uh, you know? That's a good question. I think he's might be early 20s, maybe mid-20s, um, but I'll just have a look at that now. Um, he's... Oh, uh, twenty six. Twenty oh, six.
2: So, right. so if he wants a move, there's still time, but it needs to happen next couple of years.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, next if he, move. I reckon, I reckon what would be best for him would be to stick with Watford for the whole season. Obviously, probably stick with them for the start of next season and see if he can continue it next season. And if he's, if he's replicating the same form going into next season, then maybe look for a January transfer to Southampton, to Tottenham, someone like that, maybe. Uh uh-huh. Well, you know, we'll be up there, you know. <laughs> top two, challenging for the title, we'll be looking for another striker. We might have room for him. Um, or, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, by Costa. No, no, he wouldn't be good enough for Hull. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Chelsea now, actually. It's a good segue. Um, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but they're up against Norwich. Um, you look at these games and you think, well, surely Chelsea will win this one. Surely Chelsea will win. You know, they played Newcastle, surely they'd beat them. Um, should they beat Norwich? Do we see any chance that Norwich will sort of get that upset, I suppose? Uh, Not
1: personally. Um, Norwich have been, again, a bit of a funny side. There some games where they'll kind of come out and play quite well, and then I've seen other games where it's, they've looked very poor. Um, even with Chelsea's woes at the moment, at the bridge, they really should be putting two or three past them, I think. Um, yeah, I don't see any other result than a, than a pretty decent Chelsea win.
0: Bojan?
2: It's a tough one to call after an international break. It was interesting that quite a few of Chelsea's players played significantly better during the international break than they have done all season.
0: It's very telling, but, isn't it?
2: Yeah, the most noticeable one, just because I guess I, I, I watched the game and it was spoken about a fair bit, was Fabregas.
0: Yeah.
2: Lots of one-touch football and moving around a bit a bit quicker than he does in the Premier League. He almost looked, sounded like, well, looked like he cared more about an international friendly than he does about <laughs> playing for Chelsea. Just done that. Well, of well, course I guess would, would be a bit, a bit concerning. concerning.
0: Of course, he <laughs> denied the rumours that he was the one that said he'd rather lose than win for Mourinho and that he was leading the coup against Mourinho, but um, you wouldn't put it past him.
2: Oh, wouldn't that just be... Pretty much every top manager would hate Fabregas. I mean, if he's already... Not liked by pet. so <laughs> Vendor doesn't particularly like him, and now uh, you've just got <laughs> Mourinho, probably doesn't like him either. So
0: the only other one I say, could think I'm, of would be um, Hazard, perhaps.
2: Well, yeah, well, I've well, spoken about that at, at length. Yeah. So I, I suspect it to be a player that's on that's been promised something that they're not receiving, like that. Like Remy or yeah, that's someone not... like that, un- unless it's unless it's really bad and it's John Terry. <laughs> 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 it's quite bad, but in terms of in terms of this game, I don't have to back in Chelsea. But I think it will be very unconvincing. Two one victory with a nice goal for our man Robbie Brady.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, that would certainly be very interesting. I'll I'll probably go two nil for Chelsea. I'd, I'm not sure Norwich have what it takes to to score against them at the Bridge. But I mean, you look at West Brom. West Brom ended up um, just going down in a three two loss to Chelsea. So uh, and Newcastle obviously were up two nil against them as well. So I mean, anything can happen with Chelsea. I'll, I'll probably stay two nil. Um, Everton up against Villa. It's not it's not a hugely interesting game, I suppose. Villa seeing how Remigard goes in another game against the side that might be more um, achievable to get a victory over. And Lukaku in some pretty impressive form as well. So how do we see this one, Jets?
1: Yeah, I can't say anything but a big Everton win to be honest. I think uh Everton have had a pretty um difficult start to the season fixture wise, I think. So having had a look at their next five, they've got a pretty they've got a much easier run. So I would expect to see them start to string together a couple of wins. Um, as you say, Lukaku has been in incredible form. But um, players like Kone, uh, that... um Delafio. Yep, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> um, expect to see them kind of feature heavily. Barkley as well. Um, he's been a little bit quiet in recent times. But I think over the next couple of games, and especially this one against Villa at home, uh, I think you'll see them shine um, pretty well. So I'd be having it probably 2 or 3 nil again.
0: Was where's this,
2: where's this one being played, mate? Uh, is, is it, it good as good as a thing, them? Yeah. Got it back in the Luchacu,
0: Hattie. 3-0. Yeah, I'll probably say 2 or 3 nil to Everton as well in that one. Um, the next big one is Leicester away to Newcastle, and we, we touched on it a little bit earlier. Whether or not Jamie Vardy can get to 10 goals, or 10, 10 games in a row scoring <laughs> goals. Um, do we see anything but a Leicester win in this one? Do we think Newcastle could. I mean, they did pretty well against Norwich, kind of out of the blue, so they could pose danger to Leicester.
1: They're a funny side, Newcastle. Um, they had who was oh, against Stoke. They played really well as well, and they that game ended near law. But apart from Butler and it could have been easily three or four 0 They would have won. So, and then the week after, they came out and played absolutely terribly against Bournemouth and won one nil. So, um, it's it's going to be hard to say. To be honest, I think. We're in incredible form, obviously, and we'd be quite confident coming up against them. I think, I don't know yet, Um, Mr. Anieri's been keeping it fairly close to his chest, but I suspect uh, Vardy will play despite his doubts. Um, And if he does, I think it will give the whole team um, quite a bit of confidence going into the match. I think if he misses, it could be more interesting. We've, we don't really have a striker or a second striker at the moment that's been putting them away, which hasn't been an issue as yet, obviously, because Vardy and Mares have been absolutely killing it. But if Vardy goes down or misses games at the moment, I'm just not sure where those second goals are coming from. So Okazaki works really hard and all the rest, but um, doesn't appear to have an end product is getting in the right spots more to the point? He um, scored
0: again. Who, who was the who did he score his goal against earlier in the season? I'm trying West to remember. West Ham. West Ham. That's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, bowling ground. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a really well taken goal actually. It was. I, I had my doubts about him coming into the season, and um, after seeing that goal, I thought, oh yeah, maybe maybe he's much better than I thought. But um, since then. Not a whole lot, to be honest. He's, I mean, he's just holding up the play and he chases the ball like Vardy does. But we don't really have that clinical striker um, apart from Vardy at the moment. So I'm very hopeful he's in. I suspect that he will be. Um, and if he is, I think we should get should get the points.
2: Where's his jaw? He's he's in the squad.
1: He has been in the squad of late. Um, he's he was pushed back a little bit under or in the back end of last season, and then with Okazaki coming in. Um, he's He's been behind Okazaki in the pecking order a little bit, but he's featured in League Cup games and he's, um he came on in a recent game. hasn't scored yet, but he's only had limited opportunities. So if Fardy isn't in, I would suspect that we would see Joa start. Um, he actually started a game recently, now I think of it. Um, so, yeah, if, if Fardy's not in, I just expect to see him. If not, he might come off the bench.
0: What about Yeah, what's yeah. yeah That's
1: been disappointing. No. <laughs> After being so excited to beat Chelsea to a signature, that's, that's, yeah, not looking so good. I um, I suspect he may actually be off in January or, or the summer. I think um, he's, the Croatian boss kind of came out and said if he's not playing games, he's not going to get selected. Part of the reason he came to Leicester rather than Chelsea in the first place was that he was going to be able to play games. It's um, I don't know quite what the problem is with him, but it's now two managers. So it's not just Pearson that didn't think he... Um, had quite what it took, but it's also now Ranieri. And, I mean, obviously, he came last January, so it's almost 12 months ago. But that first five or so months, you can kind of pass off as he's, he's coming into a league halfway through a season. He's not had a pre-season with us and all the rest. It's a lot more concerning now that he's had that preseason with us and he's still not featuring, um, even to the point where in recent games he actually hasn't made the bench at all. So mm. um, it's, you can only say that's been a bit of a flop so far.
0: It's very interesting because whenever those sorts of players that um, the fans seem to rate highly, or you know he, they've had a good record in, in past clubs, and then you have a couple of managers in a row who don't rate the player, um, it does suggest that there's stuff going on on the training ground or with his attitude or whatever it is that's telling them that he's just not going to be uh, a good fit for the side. Um, and it's it's always an interesting one, and you know sometimes you'll get. Another manager will come in at some point, give them a go and off they'll go and they'll they'll be great. Um, but other times they just sort of fade off into the background because they've just not fit into the side. So um, oh. yeah, I mean it wouldn't be surprising if he leaves in January. But yeah, I really thought made the wrong interested. decision
2: in joining and joining Leicester. So if you want a playing time with a <laughs> bottom to, go, feeder, he should have done it,
0: Chelsea. <laughs> go to the club at the bottom of the table, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't Like Chelsea
1: were in for him, to be honest. I mean, that was, was what was part of making it so exciting. It wasn't just that um, kind of it was this big-name striker that had been scoring goals. and I mean, it was the middle of the Croatian League, which is not that impressive. But um, I guess realising that Chelsea were quite keen on him as well made it kind of uh, seem like he would probably be a good player. Um, I'm going to put that down as their, their first bad decision in this massive run of bad decisions, so the last 12 months for Chelsea.
2: <laughs> is this game at um, St James? Yeah, it is. I think it'll be 2-2. I don't think Vardy will start. I think he'll come on and get the equaliser in this
0: game. Uh, yeah, I might say 2-1 to Leicester, maybe 2-2. Um, yeah, maybe maybe Mares getting amongst the goals. Um, I, th- I just get the feeling this could be the game that the run comes to an end for Vardy. Um, bit of an injury doubt, a you know, bit sore coming off the international break. Maybe he doesn't score this week, um, but we'll see. Um, we've got Southampton up against Stoke. Nothing, nothing too exciting about this fixture, I've got to admit. Um, how do you guys see <laughs> this one?
1: Yeah, Stokes another one of those Jekyll and Hyde type sides of this season. They've um they've come out and played some good football at times and then have played some uh, quite average football as well. I think um Southampton obviously hasn't impressed as as much as they did last season, but I think there's still a lot of quality in that side. So I would suspect at home they should be good enough to uh, to get the three points there.
2: I think I, I... Agree. I think Southampton will will have enough, but Stoke have got a bit of fight about them at the moment going forward. Um, Arnautovic and Shakiri is looking like he's caring and that's significant because um, when he does carry, he, he shows that he has that those moments of class to create something out of nothing. But I, th- I think Mane and uh, Tadic and Pella are just in too good of form. Pella has basically said he wants to go home to Italy. Whether oh, that's in he? Jan- January in the summer. Yeah, Juve sniff- sniffing around him. There's something about Stratus middle being out of play into their what, really late 30s and 40s. Cause he's, he's 30 or 31, I think, and yeah. Juve are after him. I mean, Juve aren't even in the Europa League spots. I'm not sure how much... Um, attention you pay for Syria, but yeah, so that, that they're in need of a striker, and he says that he misses the home cooking, basically, <laughs> but
0: ho- hope, well, ho- hopefully he keeps his head
2: down, ass up, until at least January.
0: Well, it'll be very interesting for Southampton if both Mane and Pelé leave, because um, that's probably their two best attacking options at the moment, it'd be like Mares and Vardy leaving um, Leicester, so if they do let him leave either in January or in the summer, you'd hope they'll have... I mean, they've got Rodriguez, I guess, who's coming back from his knee issues, um, but it'll be interesting to see what else they do um, with bringing in attacking options. I suppose. Shane, Shane Long still I mean, there? Yeah, I, I was going to say they've still got Shane Long as well. I think he's he's been injured lately, but he featured for Ireland against uh, Bosnia in the home leg, so presumably that now means that he's fit to go for um, Southampton. So he may well he may well play this weekend uh, or tonight. So we we'll see how he goes on that one. Um uh, yeah I think Southampton at home should get the points against Stoke but Butland is very impressive for Stoke at the moment and and they yeah. do have some good attacking options so uh who knows in that one Um Swansea at home to Bournemouth another one I mean Swansea have been struggling lately and it's I mean there were rumors that Monk was going to get sacked over the the um international break so it doesn't, I mean, it's the first sort of, Swansea have been on that sort of rise as a club for a few years now, or for five or six years now, um, from League Two all the way to the Premier League, and they never seemed to put a foot wrong in, in what they were doing, and in a, in a lot of ways they actually mirror Bournemouth in, in their rise, with a great young English manager as well. Um, first signs of trouble in paradise for Swansea, I think. I mean, they had, they had a bit of an issue with um, Loudrup. But apart from that, they've been smooth sailing. So how, how do you guys see the issues at Swansea at the moment?
1: Yeah, it's it's starting to come to a head a bit, isn't it? Um, they started the season quite well, and it just seemed like um, business as usual for them. But in the last kind of month or two, they've, they've completely fallen off the bandwagon. So, um, I mean, they're currently well, yeah, six off um, or five off relegation at the moment. It's just that that run of form, it's hard to say whether it's a confidence thing at the moment or whether it's um, maybe tactically or it's just been going on for a little bit too long um, to not worry about it, I think. Uh, The game itself will be interesting. Bournemouth played quite well against Newcastle last uh, game out, but that wasn't home. Um, So they've got to travel to Wales for this one. And, um, I mean, if they play the same there's no reason they I mean they're creating chances, so I think the big thing for Bournemouth is that they have to start actually taking some of those chances. They've been in a few games lately where they've um, they've missed some of these, I guess, the fruits of their hard work. Because um, there's going to be a lot of games this season where they're they're not really in with a chance. Um, so if they're gonna if they are going to stay up, I think these are the type of games with Swansea in terrible form. They really should be looking to pounce here.
2: Bournemouth. I haven't got any strikers. It's, it's, it's <laughs> cool. um, and apparently
0: apparently, there's been a fallout between um, Glenn Murray and Eddie Howe as well. So that's, that's the reason he, has, he hasn't been making the bench.
1: That's interesting. That Josh, King, that Josh King looked all right last time out. Um, not obviously to the same... He's not like Callum Wilson or anything, but... Yeah. Interesting news about Glenn Murray
0: if true. Sure. That's um Yeah, I mean I I'd only I've only yeah. heard a few things about that. Um, but it would certainly explain why he's not even making the bench at the moment. Jesus. Um,
2: that's a disaster. On, on interesting you mentioned Josh King, former Man United Youth player.
0: Yep. Spent spent a season at Hull on loan as well. Lightning quick.
2: Can't finish without finish his dinner. <laughs> yeah. Stop for my dog. He gets heaps of chances, heaps of chances, though. So Richie's probably, probably their someone, main option at the moment. To, yeah, Matt Richie's very good. On the Eddie Howe stuff, this all goes back to, in, in, in the yes. off-season, um, the CEO or the owner of Swansea want to put in a director of football to run the transfer side of things. Him and Eddie Howe have been at of heads. Oh, since. Munchman. Gary Munch, sorry, <laughs> yes, um, Gary Munch <laughs> and and the Swansea board have been basically been at lot of heads of this uh, of this ever since. The, ever since. Um, and the fact that he's not getting the performances, despite being effectively allowed to buy the players that he wanted, is certainly not helping his case. It seems like every week there's, they're pretty much saying, "Well, you know, if he wins this game, it's fine. If he wins this game, it's fine." It's really up to the players who it must be difficult to get behind a guy who doesn't have the support of, you know, the the hierarchy. But if they want him there and if they like him as a coach, then they really need to pull their finger out because they've been playing well below their potential. But they need a new striker. I, I, I was about him.
0: to he say, can't, I'm, can't. The, I, I just can't believe that they only have one decent striker. And I use that word quite lightly because... He's shown glimpses at times, but at other times, he's just been woeful in terms of his finishing, in terms of when he's one-on-one with the keeper, um, his decision-making, and the fact that they don't have a recognised backup option that they can rotate in when he's out of form, Just, I just don't understand it. And and they've had the issue since they sold Bonnie, where everyone said, oh yes, they're just waiting until the summer where they'll you know have better options to spend Bonnie's money. <laughs> they brought in Andre Ayu and he's been brilliant for them, but... He's not a striker. He's scoring goals for them, but he's not a striker. A good and, player. Um they need they need another option. And so I can understand if the board said, look, you know, we want to bring someone in who can actually manage these transfers a bit better. That's the evidence that you need, that Monk's not getting the job done because he's not recognising that hole in his squad.
2: Do you know who got released about two weeks
0: ago? I'm not sure. Michoudi. Oh, it's actually, I, yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, little, uh, yeah. Going yeah, back to yeah. third division, Spain, or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a bit of a drop off for him.
2: I, well, well, yeah. I mean, I, I was listening. Yeah, the Guardian guys were talking about it. Sid Lowe was basically saying he must have had a extremely serious ankle injury. Right. But when he was still playing at Swansea that has basically destroyed his career because he, he was, at, was... He was you know, at Napoli on loan as well, fact, wasn't he? Yeah, and didn't do anything. Yeah. So he he went from being like the star man, Swansea knocking back 20 mil from Arsenal for him, to going alone to Napoli. Then he went somewhere else that was worse, and now it's just like third division.
0: Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> um, score prediction for this one? Um, uh,
1: I'll go 1-1. One, one.
0: Same, 1-1. Yeah, I'll I'll go 1-1 as well then. Um, The last uh, 2am kickoff we have, we've got Westrom up against Arsenal. Should be a pretty routine win for Arsenal, I'd expect. I mean, they're in pretty good form at the moment. Um, Ozil is finally sort of living up to that potential. He had glimpses when he first arrived, but he seems to now be producing it quite consistently for them. Um, So that even Sanchez is, is not at the same level he was last season necessarily, but it's kind of being covered by Ozil's good form.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm really interested in this game, actually. Not because of the spectacle it should produce, but I think um, if Arsenal are genuine title contenders, these are the games they need to win. Um, Whereas I think in the last probably five or or seven years or so, they've normally dropped some of these type of games. Um, It's
0: against these sorts of physical sides, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, Phyllis normally likes to line up with 10 defenders, so Arsenal's play is great, but um, they've got to kind of figure out how to break them down, I guess. Even if it's just a 1-0 win, they just need to be picking up three points for this type of game um, if they really want to challenge for that title.
0: Yeah, I'm probably thinking 2 two or 3-0 Arsenal in this one because I can't really see West Brom scoring. But who knows? Uh, Boyan.
2: Three-nil Arsenal, very comfortable. I don't just see them having any problem.
0: Um, probably the biggest game of the weekend with a few uh, players coming up against their former clubs. We've got uh, Man City up against Liverpool as the late game. Should be a pretty good spectacle, I'd expect. I mean, I think both sides will be pretty attacking in this one. Um, and obviously Sterling and Milner up against their old sides. So is, is, is Milner injured or is he going to play?
2: Hopefully, for Liverpool's sake, he's injured.
0: He's dire. How do we see see the the discussion on the board about Sterling's uh, reception by the players? I mean, undoubtedly, he's going to get booed by the Liverpool supporters, but do we see the players being uh, aggressive towards him or do you think they'll just get on with it?
1: I don't think so. I think, um, I mean... They're at a pretty high level, these guys, so I would think they would leave all that stuff off the pitch. Um, yeah, there'd probably be some interesting comments made after the game, perhaps, when they're shaking hands, but I would expect that Klopp's kind of um, drilled into them not to get involved in that sort of rubbish. Leave it up to the fans, by all yeah. means, but I'd be very surprised if we saw Liverpool uh, Yeah, Liverpool kind of getting into him.
0: Do we reckon he'll score a goal? So it's always oh, the way, isn't it? The former players managed to to find the net. Would love it if you did. <laughs> <laughs> just to watch that board Oh, it would be incredible, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, go celebrate right in front of the Liverpool fans. It's
0: not good <laughs> do the Adebayor, or just run uh, the length of the field to celebrate in front of them? Yes.
1: He <laughs> still do that. It should well, be an interesting. You know what? You,
0: you know what he should do instead. He should celebrate doing the Brendan Rodgers celebration. Just, just stand there and lift one hand into the air, and just, yeah. <laughs> just take the piss, take the piss out of Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> How do you yeah, see it, should it, be, it should
1: end? be An interesting game. I think um, yeah. we saw Liverpool go to the bridge um, and put in a quite a spirited performance, um, and I can honestly see them doing the same thing here. Um, they've been, they had to have a great record at the Had, but. I think that they'll come out firing. They've had the international break now as well. So um, for those that haven't played, they're a little bit fresher. And uh, with the outs for City, um, Silva's a big out. Company's a massive out. Um, Aguero might be back, but he's, I mean, he's a little bit underdone probably. Um, I don't know. I think I could see Liverpool, I could see a draw here easily, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Liverpool snatches.
2: I can't say that. (laughs) <laughs> I think I think um, half an hour of Aguero will be sufficient to win this game.
0: Because has he, he, he hasn't played since that game where he scored five, has he?
2: Doesn't need to, mate. Yeah, Doesn't well he can just to. pick
0: up where he left off. As
2: we mentioned earlier, can you remind me who Mamadou Saka's replacement at centre-half is?
0: Lovren? That is Lovren.
2: a good point. Yes. I mean, Lovren versus Aguero.
0: I, I can I can see where Jets is coming from, though. There are some big outs for City in this game. Um,
2: That's uh, Silver and company. Also what yeah. they'll have. Nicola Otamendi besides
0: Mandala. C- City don't play that well yeah. without company. They had that great run at the start of the season where they didn't concede a goal. And as soon as company missed a game, they became a lot more leaky and they had that lost Spurs in amongst it all. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's either a score draw or... Or Liverpool managed to snatch it. I mean, yeah, Aguero could well swing the tide for City, but it'll be a very interesting game.
2: Just the what you two have just said have just made me even stronger in my convictions. <laughs> <laughs> four 0 S- City. When SM and when
0: S7 Jets agree on something, it's a, it's certainty. Got to. I'm even stronger. You gotta, lock, you gotta lock it in.
2: So I'll say four nil City. Two for Aguero one for De Bruyne, and a tap-in at the end for Sterling. From and an then I want position. him... Do you remember when Wayne Rooney listed up his shirt when he was young playing for Everton after he stored and said, once a blue, always a blue? Yeah. That's what I want Raheem Sterling <laughs> to do. <in> <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: oh, you just watched the board melt. Imagine it melts. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a we've got another London derby for Spurs. Yeah. Um, Two games in a row for them uh, up against West Ham. These ones are always a bit interesting because I feel like there's there's a it's it's definitely a big rivalry from West Ham's perspective, and I feel like Spurs take it in, well. They're taking it more seriously these days now that West Ham's kind of rising up the ranks again, um, in a similar way to Arsenal, perhaps taking the Spurs rivalry more seriously as, as Spurs have gotten better. Um, it's at um, White Hart Lane. How do we see this one? I mean, it's a pretty pretty 50-50 game in in my view. I mean, Spurs are in great form, so that might give them the edge. But West Ham are tracking pretty well. Yeah, you would think so. I would suspect
1: Spurs should win. But, I mean, we've seen West Ham go to Arsenal, go to City, um, go to Liverpool and all win away. Um, So whether that home ground advantage plays as big a part as it normally would, I'm not sure. I think Spurs are in—they're uh, in a great run of form, and I suspect that they should have a little bit too much quality. But um, Payette's out as well. Yeah, um, that'll be a huge uh, loss. Yeah, I mean he runs um, quite a lot of their attacking, so that's—it'll be interesting to see how they go without him. They've got some—I mean they've still got quality players in there, but he's—he's he's probably the cream of the crop there, and and quite a lot goes through him. So um, I think Spurs will edge it. I I'd say probably a 2-1 or something like that. I think West Ham will likely score, but I think Spurs should have a little bit too much class.
0: i tell you who's another very impressive player for West Ham this season is um, Lanzini, who scored a mm. very impressive goal against Everton. Um, he could step up in place of Pyatt um, and play that sort of role for them. Um, he's still very young. He's only 22, I think. But um, it, it is going to be a big loss for them to cover without Payet. So h- how do you see it, Boyan?
2: Well, Lanzini plays a bit more like uh, kind of Tutinio than, than a, a Payet. He's probably more of a, a goal-scoring threat than, a, than an assisting threat, which is more more Payet's game. He's still... Well, I, I, I like him a lot. He's still undeveloped, though. He's, he's, um, his game needs refining. In terms of this game, I think Spurs will do it pretty comfortably. I think it'll be 2-0 and not too much attacking threat. I mean, what the hell? What, what strikers are going to... I don't... I mean, I... I'll tell, I tell you what.
0: I, I, tell you what, I, I don't West think West
2: the Spurs' defense is what people say, but I don't think that um, they have the firepower. I think Andy Carroll's just a shit truck, to be honest. So.
0: West Ham have the secret weapon because they've got Nikitsi Elevich sitting on that bench. Oh... Uh. <laughs> Do they love playing first? No, no. I've just I'm, I'm taking the piss You're because he's just piss. been he's just been terrible for West Ham. Um, and I said at the minute they signed him from us, um, they paid three million or something like that for him, and and whole fans couldn't be happier to see him go. Like oh. all all credit to him, he had a great season for us last year, and he was a big part in that push to stay to stay up, in terms of his goals at the start of the season. But his attitude after we got relegated was just dreadful, and that you could just tell he didn't want to be there. And he's just he's just getting past it. I think maybe if he was that that if he was at a club like Bournemouth, perhaps where he was the sort of the central focus, um, he'd be scoring goals. But at West Ham, where he's a bit part player, I just don't think he's got the right attitude to to um, go the distance with them. Um, maybe
2: he's got the attitude that he wants to earn forty grand a week and yeah. chill out on a Saturday afternoon.
0: Well, he's, I think he's 31, 32 maybe. So this might be seen for him as his last sort of Premier League payday and then he'll go back to Croatia or um, somewhere like that and, and play a couple of years and then retire. Who knows? But um, yeah, yeah, there aren't that many good striker options for um, West Ham. Um, the final game of the week is Palace up against Sunderland. So, I mean, Sunderland have looked a little bit better under under Big Sam, and, and they were a bit unfortunate to lose to Southampton in the last week. Um, <laughs> well, in the sense that in the sense that the penalty was... I was, was old. Like, penalty... Why would you dive in like that? Yeah, yeah. Like, you could just see the, the expression on Allardyce's face. <laughs> because they defended quite well, and, I mean, Southampton had a couple of chances, but not, not a whole heap. Um, so you yes. can see it's pretty clear that Sunderland are becoming much tighter defensively under Allardyce, which I think you need if you're going to stay up.
2: <laughs> um,
0: and they may well do it again, you know. Um, how do we how do we see this? Should be should comfortable for Palace.
1: Oh, I would say so. I'd expect it to be very comfortable, to be honest. Um, Sunderland did admittedly look better last week at home. Oh, sorry, fortnight ago at home. But I think um, Palace are coming off a win at Anfield, they should have their, uh, their tails up a little bit, and they normally play quite well at home. So um, yeah, I could see this being a little
2: bit of a buyout, to be honest. I'd, under the old manager, I would have you know, been looking at 5 or 6 nil Palace, but Big Sam teams don't tend to get really blown out. So, I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable
0: with 3-1. Yeah, I might say 2-0 Palace. I think it will be quite comfortable for them because I don't think... I mean, Defoe's probably the main threat for Sunderland, but... Um, yeah. I think I think Palace will probably do it relatively comfortably at home. Um so that's that's all the games in the Premier League and I've I've got to say um United Watford is the early game tonight it's going to take some um competition down at the um local pub for the big screen with Hull coming up against Bristol City as as the early game in the Championship. <laughs> Not to mention all of the money riding on that game from on big footy but we won't go on to that side of things. Because that's all skill, skill placed bets. <laughs> uh, yep. But I, I, I did think I did think it deserved a mention. I mean, Hull—we haven't talked about since they've gone into first place in the championship. But they've conceded eight goals for the season in sixteen games or fifteen games, um, which is their best ever defensive start to a season ever. Um, they've scored the second most goals in the se- in in the league. Uh, it's the first time we've actually been first in the championship i don't think in either of our previous two promotion seasons we were ever first for a week uh and everything's just clicking we haven't conceded a goal in five games uh one five games in a row undefeated in 10 and and just rolling on
1: yeah i suspected at the start of the season that hull would uh, kind of be promoted depending on which players i kept obviously but having a look at that squad it's far too strong for the championship and it's not um at least to me, it's not that surprising that they're starting to um, click and, and run away with it. Um, yeah, I've made my feelings down wrong, so I think I reckon I could get very close to 100 points this season. So um, I put my money where my thoughts are, and I think they'll smash Bristol City. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's your major goal threat this year? Hernandez has eight goals, I think, in the championship, and then another goal in the League Cup against Jats' mob. Though he hasn't he hasn't scored in three games and we've still scored I think it's um, 12 goals in the last five games because we've just had this very even spread. We've got um, Klukas Diame. chipping in with a few Diami chipping in with a few Hernan, uh, Huddleston even scored um, last time out. Um, AkPOM scored a couple. he's starting to look pretty good and it's just it's good to see that sort of even spread across the side. Um, and then obviously still, we've still got Hernandez who's, who's looking a lot better this season. And I've got to say, I really thought he'd have the same attitude as Jelovic and just as soon as we went down, want to be out of their first thing, which Ndoy wanted to do as well. And I wouldn't have necessarily blamed him to an extent because, I mean, um, first season in England, up, up North in Hull, it's going to get pretty cold. And he's mentioned a few times that he's not too fond of the climate, but you know, fair play to him. He's he's just said, you know, this I owe the club a bit because they've brought me over, and I owe them to get them back up to the Premier League. And he's putting a shift in, and he's really improved his attitude and and everything from last season, and he's he started scoring quite consistently.
1: It's more of the attitude that you'd want to see from most of your players, isn't it? Where well, unfortunately exactly it. much.
0: And even Diami was speaking in the pre-match uh, press conference this week, where he's basically saying that we stuck with him through his injury and. He doesn't. He didn't want to leave in um, summer, and he doesn't want to leave in January because he wants to get us back up to the Premier League. And this is a guy who, when he was at West Ham, was talking about the fact that he couldn't wait to be moving on to a bigger club like a Liverpool or someone. <laughs> so, to, and, and so to be perfectly honest, like that when when you're saying that sort of thing at a club, you think okay, so he's that sort of um, not necessarily a mercenary, but he, he's he's looking at clubs as sort of stepping stones, and wouldn't think twice about ditching a club once they go down. So to see that sort of uh, shift in attitudes quite quite welcome um, and speaking of injuries, I just wanted to, to make note that Robert Snodgrass, who's been out since um, a bad tackle from Joey Barton on the opening day of last season, has finally made a couple of under twenty one appearances uh, and the game against Bristol City's come just too soon for him. he's going to turn out for the under twenty ones again, but before too long should be back in the um, first team squad, which is great news. Trust Joe Barton to do that. Yeah, I mean, fair play to him. He did apologise after the game and, and all that sort of thing, and it did seem to be relatively accidental. But it's just been a very unfortunate one, dislocated kneecap that's taken quite a while to recover from.
1: They sound awfully painful. Yeah, have
0: too much fun. Yeah, so no, it's great. It's a great story to see him back. Um, and i think it's going to lift the squad and it's that old saying though but it's it's like a new signing really and you think you look at the squad and say how strong it is for the championship and it's just going to get stronger it's nodgrass coming back um, Myler's out for eight weeks now but when he gets back and also Diamande who we haven't even seen yet who we signed in the summer because he'd scored 23 goals in 18 games in the norwegian league um, which i mean it might not be a great quality league but um, remains to be seen how he goes as well
2: is there
0: any truth to
2: the rumors regarding James
0: Chester? Um, well I've heard from... Hull No, well, I mean, I've heard from quite reliable sources close to the club and from a number of different sources, which makes me inclined to believe it that um there was one guy who's quite close to the club, so just hears things from club officials saying Chester didn't want to leave, but the club basically had to sell because it was too good an offer to refuse. Then I heard from another guy who basically runs one of the local businesses that Chester used to go into, that Chester and his girlfriend and his family all loved the area and he was quite settled there and he'd been with us since 2010, so he was quite a long-serving player, that he mm. was he was quite upset to leave. Uh, and even in the press with that interview where he's spoken of his regret moving to West Brom because of his playing time, he did express that there were a few other options that he could have taken, but one of the things he said was, you know, looking at that position Hull's in this season, he'd love to still be here. Um, So, I mean, I jokingly mentioned a few weeks ago, maybe if we go up, we buy him back. But quite realistically, when you've got a player who, you know, fits in with the club um, and he's a quality player who wants to go there, maybe, maybe something could be worked out.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. On that Norwegian striker thing, don't get your hopes up too much, mate. I remember Cardiff buying... Yeah, that, a that when Solskjaer was in the was managing yeah. them with a similar kind of record.
0: That oh, I did I did look up his record and it wasn't quite as good because that was the first thought that came to mind, but a <laughs> few other people did mention that there've been a few decent Norwegian strikers who've come over. Um That's the Solskjaer. name the, <laughs> well, Solskjaer himself coming over had quite a good scoring record in Norway and then carried it on in the Premier League for you guys. Um it'll be interesting I mean I'm I'm skeptical of how good he'll be but he seems to have the right attributes for the championship at least he's fast he's strong and all that sort of thing so if we ever see him he seems to always be a fortnight away Um, but it potentially just makes the squad even stronger yeah so all all looking good on that front. Um, anyway, we've got it's a very long podcast tonight. Um, thank you both for coming on last minute, and and thanks for delving into all the uh, issues over the international break. It's been a, it's been a big one. That's all right. It was good to join. Yeah, good to have you on for the first time this season.
2: It's been a while.
0: Absolutely, and and thank you, Bojan, as well.
2: No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. If you haven't seen. Um... Zlatan free kick against oh, I have,
0: yeah.
2: bit onto that.
0: I have. So. Uh, <laughs> and, and thank you everyone for listening in. Um, I'll try and get this up before the games tonight. I should be up in the next hour or so. So hopefully people give it a listen before the games and hopefully your side wins. And until next time, we'll see you on the forums.
1: We me up.